The Bible Study Podcast, episode 512. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues a study on the kings of Israel and Judah with Saul. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. I say we continue with Saul. We're going to continue with Saul with the good times. And the good times in the reign of King Saul in the Bible only last one chapter. We're going to do 1 Samuel 11. 1 Samuel 12, Samuel is going to give a farewell speech, which we're going to skip over. And then in 1 Samuel 13, Saul is already in trouble. So we're going to get into Saul being in trouble next week, but first we're going to have some good news for Saul and some good news for Israel because of Saul. 1 Samuel 11. Nahash the Amorite went up and besieged Jabesh-Gilead, and all the men of Jabesh said to him, Make a treaty with us, and we will be subject to you. But Nahash the Ammonite replied, I will make a treaty with you only on the condition that I gouge out the right eye of every one of you, and so bring disgrace to all Israel. The elders of Jabesh said to him, Give us seven days so we can send messengers throughout Israel. If no one comes to rescue us, we will surrender to you. When the messengers came to Gibeah of Saul and reported these terms to the people, they all wept aloud. Just then Saul was returning from the fields behind his oxen, and he asked, What is wrong with everyone? Why are they weeping? Then they repeated to him what the men of Jabesh had said. When Saul heard their words, the Spirit of God came powerfully on him, and he burned with anger. He took a pair of oxen, cut them into pieces, and sent the pieces by messengers throughout Israel, proclaiming, This is what will be done to the oxen of anyone who does not follow Saul and Samuel. Then the terror of the Lord fell on the people, and they came out together as one. When Saul mustered them at Bezek, the men of Israel numbered 300,000 and those of Judah 30,000. They told the messengers who had come, Say to the men of Jabesh-Gilead, By the time the sun is hot tomorrow, you will be rescued. When the messengers went and reported this to the men of Jabesh, they were elated. They said to the Ammonites, Tomorrow we will surrender to you, and you can do to us whatever you like. The next day Saul separated his men into three divisions. During the last watch of the night, they broke into the camp of the Ammonites and slaughtered them until the heat of the day. Those who survived were scattered so that no two of them were left together. The people then said to Samuel, Who was it that asked, Shall Saul reign over us? Turn these men over to us so that we may put them to death. But Saul said, No one will be put to death today, for this day the Lord has rescued Israel. Then Samuel said to the people, Come, let us go to Gilead, and there renew the kingship. So all the people went to Gilead and made Saul king in the presence of the Lord. There they sacrificed fellowship offerings before the Lord, and Saul and all the Israelites held a great celebration. So some interesting things in this particular chapter. One of the things that I find most interesting, so we have this situation where the people of Jabesh are in need of rescue. The Ammonites have come and they've threatened them, and it's kind of a nasty threat here that we're going to gouge out your eyes. They really held them in no particular regard. Right, They felt they could do anything with them, and they were even willing to give them time. Go see if anybody will help you, and they didn't think anyone would. So they held them and Israel in no particular regard. And so that's one thing that's interesting is how low Israel was regarded by its neighbors, how little credibility it had. 
And this, of course, is one of the reasons the people were wanting a king. That was not God's plan, but that's what the people wanted. The other interesting thing is where we find Saul. When the messengers come and find Saul, what do they find him doing? They find him farming. They find him doing what he had always done. Samuel has anointed him as king, but he's not yet serving as king, right? He's been anointed by Samuel as king, and everybody has said, this is the plan. Some people certainly grumbled. Some people said he's not our king. But he's not doing anything particularly kingly when we find him in the story. We find him returning from the fields behind his oxen. He's been out plowing. And when Saul takes the oxen and cuts them into pieces and sends them by messengers throughout Israel, there's two things that are going on here. One is Saul has burned his ships. When we say burn the ships, we're referring back to when Cortez conquers the New World, conquers Mexico. His men, he wanted his men to have nowhere to go but forward, and so he burned the ships so they couldn't go back to Spain. And so he has, he has burned his ships, he's crossed his Rubicon, he has basically taken the oxen that he was using as a farmer and he's killed them. He has cut them into pieces, or at least two of them, and he has sent them off throughout Israel and says, as a, as a threat, which is an interesting way, you know, hey, welcome, I'm your king, by the way, I'm going to threaten you. But this is Saul, and we'll see more about Saul's personality later on. But he says, basically, this is what's going to be done to anybody who doesn't follow Samuel and Saul. And it's interesting, at this point, when Saul thinks of himself as the king, he doesn't think of himself as the only one who has authority, right? He can see the authority of Samuel, Samuel who has anointed him as king. He had gone to Samuel looking for advice, the wisdom of how to found some lost ponies. He recognizes the power and the connection that Samuel has to God. And so he doesn't just say, hey, everybody come follow Saul, but follow Saul and Samuel. He is both claiming some of Samuel's authority. Samuel is an old man by now who's been serving Israel, serving Israel well for his whole life. But he is also saying, it's not all about me, which is good because that's the kind of king that God wanted. God wanted a judge originally. God liked the idea of judges here where he would raise up somebody in the time of trouble. And Saul is acting like a judge in that sense. He is acting not so king-like yet. But he says, come follow us. And the people are afraid, and they're afraid of the Lord, which is good. If you're going to be afraid, it's better to be afraid of the Lord rather than on Samuel. And it does say that the Spirit of God came powerfully on him. So he burned with anger, but that's not too surprising because everybody is having this response to this terrible, terrible threat that has been made by the Ammonites. But he says, basically, come follow me and there will be consequences if you fail to do so. And they gather a huge army and then they basically set the Ammonites up for defeat saying, hey, yeah, we're going to surrender to you, but we're going to do it tomorrow. And of course, during that night, Saul and his army attacks and they totally rout the Ammonites, destroy most of them. And at this point, everybody is a Saul fan. At this point, people like the idea of having a king and they like the idea that it's Saul. Enough so that people say, hey, we know that some people were grumbling against Saul. Tell us who they are and let's put them to death. Now, this isn't Saul's idea. This is somebody else's idea. Just 
thinking that that will please Saul or thinking that that's the right thing to do because clearly God is using Saul for whatever reason. And Saul answers, and I think correctly, no, 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 let's not put anybody to death. The Lord has rescued Israel. This is great. This isn't something that Saul has done. This isn't even something that Samuel has done. Saul recognizes that the Lord has been acting through him, but the Lord has been acting, and this is God's victory. So let's not screw up God's victory by doing something stupid like putting people to death who didn't like Saul. And the people come now, and they renew the kingship. So Saul has been named as a king by Samuel, and then he is named as a king in front of the people, and now again he is named. The difference is, from now on, he's not going to be plowing fields. From now on, he's going to be acting like a king. And between now and two chapters from now, when we're going to come back to the story of Saul, which is just going to be next week, Many years have passed. Saul is going to be grown up. He's going to have a grown-up son. Remember, he's a young man in this chapter. He was a young man, at least in the last chapter. We don't know how much time passed between that chapter and this chapter. But he's he's been anointed as king as a young man. And by the time we get two chapters later, his son is a young man. His son, his son is a powerful warrior. And so some time passes where we just don't talk about it. So hopefully those years were also good years. But the Bible is and God are about to move in a different direction from Saul. We're going to deal with that next time with why that happens. And there's going to be some lessons in there, I think, for all of us. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have a question, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment in this episode at the Bible Study Podcast. And thanks so much for listening. I'm Billy Yancey, entrepreneur, fitness cowboy, father, retired Navy cornerback, and now podcast host. Listen to my new show, Billy and the Goat, on Life Audio. Happy listening.